You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home. Welcome to Run with the Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke, and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I am joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. Take me out to the ball game, huh? Before we jump in, I have to admit, I don't really know that much about baseball. Alabama isn't really good at baseball, so I get it. I get it. Watch your mouth. Wow. Wow. Jumping in. Although this year, they really weren't good at football either. So I guess, I mean, okay, go on, go on. We're good. So anyway, to help help us out, we've invited another baseball fan, our residential expert, Casey Stegman. Hey, Casey. Hey, you two. How how are you? Glad to be back on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Casey, I know you, like me, are a baseball fan. What comes to mind when you hear the name Bobby Bonilla? Bobby Bonilla. Well, um, I know we're going to talk a lot about the Mets uh, today, but Mm -hmm. uh, for me in particular, uh, as a kid who grew up spending my summers in Pittsburgh with my grandparents, um, I was a huge fan of the Pirates. Mm -hmm. Uh, And not to date myself, but that was uh, back in the 80s and early 90s when Bonilla was a player on the Pirates. So they were called the Killer Bees, for those of you who are baseball fans. It was Bonds, Bonilla. Yeah. And uh, who was the third one? There was uh, well, Barry did. Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, and Sid Bream was his no, name. Well, was, Sid yeah. Bream was, yeah, he's on the Pirates. Yeah. But yeah. then he went to my team, the Braves, and that slide he did was against That's right. the Pirates. He could barely walk, but he got around third base, right? Right, Wasn't right, that, right. The, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so when, when I hear the name Bobby Bonilla, uh, yeah, it immediately takes me back to uh, being a kid in Pennsylvania and, and uh, going to Pirates games. Nice. Yeah, yeah so um, over time, yes, he eventually left the Pirates and went to the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. And as a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, I love it when I can poke fun at the Mets, right? We're big rivals. So, in fact, Whitney, what is the difference between dirt and the New York Mets? Yeah, not a clue. <laughs> Nothing. Not, they not- both get swept. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) dirty. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you can go on and on with your jokes, Danny, as usual. I could. could. You could. Mm -hmm. We are here to discuss a financial decision, actually, that the Mets made that has turned into somewhat of a holiday. That's right. Uh, Bobby Bonilla Day, as it's called, uh, a day that can be viewed uh, as a holiday about finance and money. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is uh, a story of a baseball contract uh, and it might contain the most important lesson that there is to teach in finance. So. Yeah, that's right. So whether you are paying off debt or investing for retirement, Bobby Bonilla Day is for you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing to have a day named after yourself? I just think the power of that, right? So while this day has become a time to make fun of the Mets, Bobby Bonilla was actually a really great player. He was a six-time All-Star, a World Series champion, and one of the best switch hitters of all time. Yeah, and for those of you who uh, don't know baseball, a switch hitter is somebody who can hit both from the left and the right side of the plate. So Mm. extremely valuable in baseball to be able to do that. Right. So like when you think like a curveball, if you're a right-handed pitcher, 
and you're facing a right-handed batter, a curveball comes like at basically the batter's head and then yeah. drops down. But if you can switch it, you can bat left-handed so you don't have to worry about the ball being afraid of it hitting you and things like that. So just it's a very hard – I mean, you think about it, to hit from the right side and the left side, very, very, uh, very difficult to do, a very great skill to have. Mm -hmm. And he was. He was one – I mean, I think he's probably in the top 20 uh, greatest switch hitters. But, uh, but, yeah, now he's kind of known for a national holiday. Mm-hmm. Now that we know who Bobby Bonilla is, why is there a day named after him? Coming up after the break, what might be one of the most interesting contracts ever signed? Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back. Bobby Bonilla Day is July 1st because on this day, the New York Mets write a $1.2 million check to him. That's right. And in today's day and age, that uh, $1.2 may not sound like a lot, uh, especially for a professional athlete or a baseball player. Or a mentor uh, employee. Or a <laughs> 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 uh, but the catch here is that uh, Bobby Bonilla does not play for the Mets anymore. Uh, in fact, he doesn't play for any team. And in fact, he retired all the way back in 2001. Wait, wait, wait. So you mean he hasn't even played baseball for over 20 years, and yet he's still getting paid? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is actually getting paid more than some of the actual players who are taking the field for the Mets right now. And Bobby will continue receiving these $1.2 million checks every July 1st until the year 2035, when he will be 72 years old. Jeez. Talk about a great pension, right? Yeah. And what makes it look really bad for the Mets is they're uh, going to wind up paying Bonilla a total of almost $30 million uh, total. And they only owed him, I think, in his initial contract, about $5.9 million. Uh, right. So he is, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a lot, that big difference there. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, when we look at it on the surface, this does seem like a horrible deal for the Mets. And while I like to make fun of them any chance I get, we need to go back and look at the big picture before doing so. So let's go back in time to when this deal was made, the year 2000. Hmm, the year 2000. Yeah, I won't do here. a comparison of how old I was and how old no, you were. No, that, that would be okay. We're good with that. We'll just go right to the year 2000. <laughs> you have to let us know. So here we are. Uh, we're in the year 2000. The world didn't end with Y2K. Pets.com had a Super Bowl ad, and hanging chads were a thing. Yeah, that's another. You could go Gosh, down do that rabbit hole. Do you remember the Y2K <laughs> yes. craziness? Ooh. Yes, oh, yes. Uh, uh, legitimately, uh, people thought the world was going to end. We did. Was, and then the hanging chads with the election, the yeah. gore, but like, it was crazy. What a time. But, uh, but in addition, the Mets were actually pretty good this year back in 2000. They almost made it to the World Series in 1999. However, during the season, Bobby was kind of struggling, and he was definitely at the end of his career. He had been injured and was not playing really well, and things were bad enough that the Mets decided they're going to release him. Yeah, but unfortunately for the Mets, uh, they still owed him $5.9 million. Uh, and so uh, if you're the Mets, you'd probably want to pay that money to players that are actually paying and contributing uh, to the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, rather than pay basically somebody almost $6 million to walk away. Mm -hmm. So uh, at that time, I think the Mets decided to approach Bonilla, uh, or really more, more specifically his agent, 
uh, with the idea of what's referred to now as a deferred money contract. They're much more popular now, but this was maybe the original. Right. Um, and, and this type of contract happens sometimes in professional sports. So in essence, the Mets are basically asking if they can hold on to this $5.9 million for a while. Bobby had made enough and invested well in his career that he did not need this money right away. But he was in the driver's seat and basically told the Mets they were going to have to reward him for his waiting. Mm. So Bobby and his agent came up with two main terms for this to happen. First, the Mets would have would not have to pay Bobby a penny for an entire decade. That was great for the Mets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But there was another term, uh, and that was at the end of this 10-year period, the Mets would have to start writing a check to Bobby Bonilla for $1.2 million every single year, and those checks would be handed to him on July 1st. They would start the year 2011 and continue all the way to 2035. So all in total, those checks add up to $30 million. Yeah. So like once again on the surface, this seems like the Mets lost big time. I mean, you don't have to be a financial expert to see that trading $5.9 million for $30 million is a great deal for Bobby. But could the Mets actually be the winners here? Since it does seem like such a simple answer, I'm guessing that there's a catch here, Danny. Notice how I did that? Talking about baseball, and I throw the word uh, catch in there, right? That's why you're the president. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) I have to say, I am uh, impressed. So, on deck, like how I did that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, Let's look at how the Mets were trying to use the most powerful force in the universe to their advantage. Like what you are hearing on Run with the Bulls? Want a little more? Visit MyMentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. All right, we're back. And I am intrigued. How were the Mets trying to use the most powerful force in the universe when it came to Bobby Bonilla and his contract? I don't get it. Right. So, um, so let's unpack this a little bit. So rumor has it that none other than Albert Einstein once declared compound interest to be the most powerful force in the universe. And we have discussed compound interest in previous episodes, but as a reminder, it is basically when you earn interest on interest that has already been paid to you. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's interest on uh, money that you've earned through interest. So historically, for example, the stock market averages about 10% growth per year. Okay, so we're not predicting that, or right. but, but historically, give or take. Um, and if, so if you invested, to give you an example, if you invested $1,000 uh, and it averaged 10% growth, over the course of seven years, uh, you would then have doubled your money, right? So it would be at, at $2,000. Um, if you do this for another seven years, this is a, a, a theory called the power of, or the law of sevens, I think. Mm-hmm. It's been a yeah, minute yeah, since, yeah. Uh, since I was in uh, uh, series seven class, but okay. um, another seven years and the money doubles again. So right, after so thir- two goes to 4,000 and then yes, yes, continues on. Yeah, so if you were to do this and leave that money in earning on average that 10% over the course of 30 years, that 1000 turns into $17,000. Right. So $1,000 $1, investment, uh, you can see how the power of compounding interest really is. Right, a, and that's just with $1,000, and that's why Einstein said it's so powerful. Yep, makes total sense. So let's take a look then at this from the Mets' point of view. Mm-hmm. Back in the year 2000, they are asking to keep more than just the $5.9 million they owe Bobby. They are asking to keep the compounding potential of that money. The Mets and not Bobby would get all of those years that the money could be earning and compounding. Right. So like 
when you look at it like that, it does kind of make sense for the Mets because then they have options, right? So they could invest this money in the stock market, right? And we just talked about it averages 10% growth a year. Not that it's guaranteed, but over time, that's what it would average. Um, they could invest it in new players. And if these new players help them make it to the World Series, that brings in more money. They could upgrade the stadium. There are just a lot of different options now that they don't have to pay him that they could use that money and use it wisely, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the point here is that the Mets, by saving, not having to write that check, they can do a lot with that $5.9 million in principle either to earn or to bring on new players. There's a lot more value than just writing it, uh, even if they, in the long run, maybe take a financial hit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, a, it's the smart, prudent business move for them as an organization back then. Right. Right. So, and then when you think about it, when they have to start writing a check to him, like which was 10 years later, hopefully that money they invested, that 5.9 million is going to be worth a lot more than that. And then it's just going to be, you know, from here on out, we're just going to write you that check and it's kind of, you know, easy money, money we've earned, compound mm -hmm. interest money. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. So then the next question is, how did the Mets come up with this yearly payout amount? Well, the Mets and Bobby agreed that the money they owed him would grow a little below 7% each year. Right. So they were conservative. And if you invested $5.9 million and it averaged this rate of growth every year for 25 years, it would compound into the total amount the Mets are paying Bobby Bonilla, $30 million. Right. So depending on how they invested that money at the time or you know, whether it was to acquire new players or what have you, ultimately, it probably ended up being a good deal for the Mets. So I'm intrigued. And I know that the two of you are big baseball fans. So how did this all work out? Well, on one hand, it helped the Mets uh, because shortly after this, uh, they were able to um, uh, sign a pitcher named Mike Hampton, who at the time was a really good player. Uh, and in fact, Hampton, I think, led him to a World Series that year. So uh, that was a, a, a win just from the being able to, it, it freed up cap space for them to go acquire a frontline pitcher. Right. And if you remember the year 2000, do you remember what that World Series was, Casey, as a baseball fan? Was that the, uh, was that the Braves? No. Oh, was that the uh, Oakland? Eight? No, what was it? It was the Subway Series. Subway Series, yeah. Oakland yeah. and San Francisco, yeah. Were no, they... no, no. It was the Mets Yankees. Oh, Subway. I'm thinking of the uh, <laughs> Bay Area. Yeah, the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Subways, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so they obviously, that they used that money and bought additional players, and they did make it to the World Series. That's right. Lost to the Yankees, because they haven't won since 1986, which, mm -hmm. as a Braves fan, I, I like to point that out to Mets fans. But, okay, we'll keep going on. So there was a <laughs> downside to this, right? We thought the Mets could win, but there was a downside. So, Casey, you just said if the Mets owners invested this money well, mm -hmm. it could have been a good deal for them. They did invest this money. In fact, they invested it with a person who promised double-digit returns. Whitney, any ideas on who this person was? Not a clue, but I'm guessing it's going to be good. <laughs> it, it will, will. And they just, we just recently watched a documentary on them. Mm. None other than the man behind the largest Ponzi scheme in history, Bernie Madoff. Oh, I did not know that. Have you seen, by the way, yes. that's a pretty awesome documentary. Yeah. It is. Wow. And I think he was a Mets fan, too, wasn't he? If I recall I think correctly. Well, he's I New York. So yeah. 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 What a, so he ripped off his own team. That's I know. Right. Yeah. Good brutal. fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we may have uh, just uncovered another rabbit hole, possibly, for Casey to go down. <laughs> Yes, for sure. You know I'm always on the lookout. Uh, so this time the Mets have been, uh, I guess, have been sold and have a new owner who's actually embracing Bobby Bonilla. So, in fact, they're in talks now, If I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, mm -hmm. on celebrating the Bobby Bonilla Day annually. 
in, in their stadium and they're presenting him with like an oversized check and <laughs> driving around the stadium and honoring him, yeah. which I think is, yeah, is, is their way of kind of embracing it and saying, this is uh, acknowledging, hey, what a deal for both us and him, right? Yeah. No, Steve Cohen's the new Mets owner, and he spends money like this, or he spends money like crazy, so yeah. he's okay with it. But I do think he is kind of like embracing this idea of like, you know what? It wasn't him that did it. And you think, I mean, the luck out of all the people to invest with, they invested with Bernie Madoff. And like, so, yeah, they, they kind of had to sell the team. So, yeah. um, But it does show by, you know, them acknowledging Bobby Bonilla now that uh, time not only helps your money compound, but it does heal all wounds. Um, so, so you know, as we kind of unpack this this episode, Bobby Bonilla Day, what are kind of the biggest takeaways that you guys have? And I'll, I'll start with you, Casey. What are what's the biggest takeaway with Bobby Bonilla Day from you know any point of view? Kind of what you're taking from it? Yeah, I think if if uh, probably the biggest takeaway for our listeners is the power of time and money. Um, you know, we we talk a little bit about the Mets potentially doing. Uh, other things with that lump sum of money to earn more money, uh, whether that has to do with acquiring players or not. Ultimately, it's about investing that money over time. Uh, and so if, if you're out there and, and you have a chunk of money and you're trying to figure out what to do with it, um, sometimes just being patient, putting that money away and, and letting the money work for you instead of actively trying to do different things with it uh, is, is the best solution. Everybody's situations are different, obviously, but there's a lot of power in putting money away as long as you're generating interest on it and then letting that, that interest compound. So there's a reason why banks love to take your money and – uh, are happy to pay you a couple of percent, it's because they're going to go invest it or do something yeah. over time and make more money, uh, a, a better return than, than uh, maybe what yeah. they're paying. Their buildings are always bigger than yeah. our houses, aren't they? That's the way it works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> How about you, Wit? Yeah, well, Casey took mine. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think for me, one of the big takeaways is like just be like Bobby in this situation and that when you're faced with a decision in life, think through it strategically. Um, we all love to be faced with, uh, you know, somebody giving you a lump sum of money, but it could, it could bode well for you if you think about how that could impact you in the long run. And so maybe delaying that gratification, which really, really hard to do these days. Um, everything is instant and we want it right now, but, um, it just goes to show, I think in this example that sometimes it's good to, uh, to pause and take a minute and rethink it. Right. So. I, I think uh, something that just came to mind in this is you're right, Whitney. It's kind of a win-win situation. Uh, and while we talked a lot about compounding interest and the power of time and money, and that's from the bank's perspective, from Bobby's perspective, he didn't need the money right then. So it was a smart planning uh, uh, decision that he made for his future. So um, and and there's a an option out here for folks who are everyday folks who are looking who may have a lump sum of money they want to earn money on it but they want to protect their principal or what have you and and um, it's it's essentially an annuity uh, which is is a contract that you can you can write with a an insurance company you give them your lump sum of money they go invest it and do whatever it is that they want to do with it and likely earn a a, a nice return on it and then they're going to guarantee you a certain income stream after that so um, pensions uh, are, are very similar in that respect, uh, in, or have similarities, I should say. So, but the idea here is deferring money that you don't necessarily need right now, letting somebody do whatever they want to do with it, as long as they're going to guarantee you a return. So, in, in this case, the Mets were essentially the insurance company, and Bonilla was the uh, was the 
annuity, annuity owner or holder. So, yeah, so th there are there are such vehicles for everybody out there. Uh, it's an option, so you should talk to your Yes, you, you don't have to be a famous baseball player yeah, to have yeah. an opportunity like this. I think right. is another takeaway. You can be just your regular average Joe who is, you know, getting your current paycheck and well, choose to do other things with well, it. Well, yes, you're, to your point, like when I left teaching, I could have, I have a pension set up with the state of Georgia because I taught long enough and I could have taken this lump sum right away when I left and gotten it. And I said no. So like when I turned 60, I'm going to get one point. No, I won't get that Bobby Bonilla money, but <laughs> I do have it. The way the pension works for teachers is I do have a set income once I turn 60 that I'm going to get this money every single year until I die. And like for my retirement planning, that helps out a lot because then I can look at this is, you know, Bobby obviously had money set aside and maybe had, I don't know what else he did, maybe invested, whatever, but he knows it's guaranteed this money's coming in every year. Same with my pension. I can count on this money unless, I mean, I guess, you know, zombie apocalypse happens, which then my money won't be worth anything anyway. So it really won't matter at that point. I'll have to go live with Casey and because he's loaded up with MREs and ammo. But other than that, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I have to get to Texas so that pension money can help me get there. Um, but no, it, it just kind of shows that with options. I, I do think that's the, the, for what I get out of this with Bobby, it's like he had that option, right? He could have taken that money up front if he wanted to, but because he had some money saved, it's like, you know what, I want to do this. So, you know, once again, we talk about it all the time. Why do we save money? And for me, a lot of times it is. It's to have options in life, and, and that's definitely what he had. Well, and the good news for you, Danny, is in retirement, all you've got to do is cover your cost of suntan lotion, uh, fish hooks, and cerveza, right? That's your, basically your three. All, that's, what else do you need? Golf. Yeah, well, okay. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Yeah, my teacher pension should cover that. So I yeah, think I'm good so. Good to go. I think good. you're safe, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I think that that's the perfect time to uh, close out. That does it for this episode. <laughs> Don't forget to mark your calendars for Bobby Bonilla Day on July 1st, and remember to consult with a financial professional before investing. Danny, thank you as always for taking time to talk. Casey, thank you for joining us, and thank you all for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.